Welcome to the Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School Lesson for Sunday, January 21st, 2024. I'm Deacon Barry Taylor and I will be your presenter today. We are in Unit 2, still in Unit 2 for the winter quarter of the Faith Pathway Adult Quarterly, uh, which is entitled Learning About Faith. Unit 2 is entitled Learning About Faith. We're in Lesson 8, which is entitled Overcoming Fear. Our devotional reading is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. Background scripture taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 through verse 20. And then our printed or lesson passage is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 13 through 20. Our key verse from the King James Version is, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And that is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20c. Lesson aims from the quarterly or number one, reconstruct the faith actions that led to Jehoshaphat's victory. Number two, acknowledge situations where you are overcome by immobilizing fear. And number three, set aside time each day to invite God's presence and help in your facing your fears. You're facing your fears. And after the introduction and biblical context, uh, the lesson outline has two divisions. The first is entitled, The Battle is the Lord's. That's covered between Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 13 and 17. And the second is, Have Faith in God. And that's covered between Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 18 through 20. For those of you who um, use the standard commentary, the lesson title is, from the standard, is Faith and Encouragement. Faith and Encouragement and additional aims from the standard or, number one, summarize the faith actions that led to Jehoshaphat's victory, which is just, sounds just like the quarterly. Number two, evaluate the cause and effect tenor of the key text. And then number three, notice God's presence and help in facing his or her fears. That's yours or my fears. And the standard commentary has two, uh, outline has two divisions as well, major divisions. The first being, sorry about that. I'm, I'm finding that I have to turn my cell phone off uh, turning the volume down doesn't seem to do it all the time, but in any case, I was um, stating the titles of the outline divisions from the standard. The first is uh, facing. I'm sorry. The first is facing a crisis, and the second division is facing. Faithing a crisis. Uh, that is exercising faith. Faith in a crisis. 
Okay, let's go back to our, uh, we're going to follow the outline of the quarterly Faith Pathway Adult Quarterly. But before that, let's go before the throne and we'll give some background and get into our lesson text. Father, we, oh God, we thank and praise you uh, always, Lord, for your loving kindness, your tender mercy. Lord, for keeping us in your loving care, for your many seen and unseen blessings. We thank you for another opportunity to study your word. And Lord, we pray that as we study uh, this particular passage, Lord, that you would help us to remember how to respond to fear and threats in our lives, Lord. And we face those uh, throughout our lives, Lord. We are not to respond in weakness. Uh, we are not to. We are not to uh, respond uh, in panic. But we are to trust you. We are to lay our fears, our concerns, before you and trust you to deliver us, Lord. For your word says that we are to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we are to make our requests known unto you. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to remember that you're always with us, and you said you would never leave us or forsake us in times of fear and times of threat. Help us to depend on you, not on ourselves, our own resources, or anyone else, but you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to read the first uh, division of the standard. Well, before we do that, let's, uh, let's give a little background. Um, our lesson is taken from Second Chronicles. And those of you who have read uh, the Bible and certainly uh, read the uh, uh, first and second chronicles may have wondered from time to time what's the purpose of first and second chronicles since they seem those books which originally were just one book the chronicles they seem to uh, duplicate um, basically what's in uh, uh, first and second Samuel at least second Samuel and first and second Kings well, um, in order to understand the purpose for the Chronicles, you really need to go back to the uh, Greek version of the Old Testament known as the Septuagint to the titles given to, um, actually the title given to the Chronicles in the Septuagint. And it, the title is Things Omitted. Uh, that, and there were things omitted in in Second, First, and Second Samuel, and First and Second Kings uh, that are covered, chronicled, if you will, in First and Second Chronicles. And there are several examples that I could give, but I, I won't. Uh, this particular passage, rather, uh, concerning Jehoshaphat's uh, what he uh, is confronted with, what the what Judah and Jerusalem are confronted with. And the response is not included in Samuel or First or Second Kings, Second Samuel or First or Second Kings. Um, the author is really unknown. Um, however, there are strong suspicions that the author was Ezra, and Ezra, if you recall, uh, led the return to uh, Jerusalem uh, around uh, in actually 458 BC uh, following the uh, decree of Cyrus and the reason it's strongly suspected that he uh, is the author is because 2nd uh, Chronicles 36 
23, verses 23 and 20, 22 and 23, are virtually uh, identical to uh, Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And they, and they both read, um, I'm beginning at uh, 2 Chronicles 36, verse 22. Uh, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of Jehovah by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, Jehovah stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdom and put it also in writing saying thus saith Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth has Jehovah the God of heaven given me and he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem which is in Judah whosoever there there is among you of all his people Jehovah's, uh, Jehovah his God be with him and let him go let him go up and uh, so that is virtually uh, that is identical to again uh, Ezra chapter 1 verses uh, 1 to 3 now since we don't know for sure uh, the author is simply referred to more commonly as the chronicler and the chronicles cover a period from um, 976 BC to 536 BC when uh, uh, Cyrus made that proclamation in 970 BC to 536 BC from the uh, reign of Solomon uh, when they had the United Kingdom to again the uh, proclamation al uh, allowing uh, uh, Jews to go back to Jerusalem, Judah and Jerusalem. Now Jehoshaphat was the son of Asa and he was one of the kings uh, said to be good, did that that was uh, 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 according to the um, according uh, to the law and, and followed the way of his father David and uh, he was responsible for many reforms uh, for turning back uh, the uh, uh, idol worship and uh, removing uh, worship of the Baals, and he promoted the teaching of God's law throughout the land. We can see that back in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 to 9, uh, and, uh, and other administrative reforms, building projects in Second Chronicles 17, verses 10 to 19. Now, of course, he was um, uh, allied for a short period with uh, Ahab, who was a king of the northern kingdom, uh, in um, uh, uh, against Syria and Ahab if you may recall uh, uh, wanted uh, Jehoshaphat to, to keep, on, keep on his royal robes as he went to the battlefield while he Ahab um, dressed as a common soldier and went into the field and of course we know Ahab was killed and Jehoshaphat's life was spared he was able to escape and really enacted uh, some more governmental reforms uh, as a result of that uh, saving of his life. Much more could be said about the background. I think I'm getting a little wound up in it. But let's get on to our lesson text. Uh, the first um, division, again, is entitled from the quarterly, The Battle is the Lord's. The Battle is the Lord's. And I'm going to uh, read from the uh, King James Version uh, and it 
reads, beginning at verse 13, And all Judah stood before the Lord, with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I'm going to stop after verse 15 because I did not give a complete enough background. Uh, we really have to go back to verse uh, further in verse 20 to see what the setting is before Jehaziel uh, addresses the uh, people of Jerusalem and Judah and King Jehoshaphat. So uh, hopefully you read the background scripture and if you read all of uh, uh, 20 uh, chapter 20 of 2nd Chronicles you know that uh, the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with some of the Ammonites came up against Jehoshaphat to battle and they were a huge horde. This was a, uh, a multitude of, uh, of those coming up to battle against him and they were, um, it says here um, in verse 2, there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea of Syria and behold uh, they are in Hazekzon, Tamar, the same is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the, unto Jehovah, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to seek help of Jehovah, even out of all the cities uh, Judah, they, of, of Judah rather, they came to seek Jehovah. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of Jehovah, which was the temple, uh, before the new court. Uh, this was a new court or renovated court, uh, perhaps that he had, uh, had renovated or his father. And he said, O Jehovah, the God of our fathers, art thou or not thou, God in heaven, and art not thou ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations, and in thy hands is power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Didst not thou, our God, drive out the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel, and give to the, the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwell therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If evil come upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house, and before thee, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, and thou wilt hear and save. And verse 10, And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab, uh, and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned aside from them and destroyed them not. Behold, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given 
us to inherit. Verse 12, this is uh, just the, la the, the verse just ahead of where our lesson text begins. Verse 12 says, O God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Okay, so Jehoshaphat finishes this prayer to God, this fervent prayer to God. And then, and, and he finishes by saying, we are waiting for you, for help from you. He appeals to God for help in this time of distress. Now, Jehoshaphat uh, had an army, okay? And, and his, his first inclination might have been to go out to war against this multitude, despite the odds, without consulting God, without calling the people together to fast and to pray, to lay their fears before the Lord and look for his help. But after he finishes this prayer, and he, and he basically finished it with anticipation that, we, that he was going to hear from the people. I mean, from the Lord, all the people, he and all the people were going to hear from the Lord. Now, it says um, that all the people had come from uh, all over Judah. Uh, and it doesn't mean literally. It, certainly a number of representatives came from perhaps every town, every city in Judah, and certainly Jerusalem. Uh, to the temple court, which was at Jerusalem, of course, uh, and representatives with their families, children and, and wives came along as well because of this great concern. Uh, and by the way, the army, this great multitude, was at En Gedi, which was about 25 miles from Jerusalem. And that was at the time um, uh, it was first reported uh, and that's uh, about a three days march, 25 uh, direct miles uh, with the twists and turns and over the terrain. It was probably about a three day army's march. So they were very close. The situation was very dire. So now we're gonna, we picked up at verse 13. I'm gonna pick up where I left off at verse 16. Uh, and this is Jehaziel who the Lord is speaking through. He is a prophet and the Lord is speaking through him. We're going to back up and have some verse by verse discussion. But let me finish this first passage. And it says, Tomorrow, this is the Lord speaking again through Jehaziel, go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliffs of Zizi, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now, uh, before we get into the verse by verse, uh, one of the ways in my own personal walk uh, I have learned to overcome fear and threats is to remember certain verses certainly those concerning uh, that that's basically state the Lord is with me okay uh, uh, Joshua uh, uh, 1 uh, 9 you know where he the Lord after Moses dies commands Joshua 
to not be dismayed, okay, fear not, not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, with us however thou goest. If, if we commit his word to a memory and pull those verses, uh, that word back at times when we're likely to fear, at times when we're threatened, we can take great comfort that the Lord is with us and the Lord is handling, will handle the situation. So let's back up now to uh, verse, uh, verse 13 again. And again, uh, Jehoshaphat has finished his prayer, his fervent prayer, and leaves off anticipating a response from the Lord. And so verse 13 says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. This is after Jehoshaphat finishes his prayer. Verse 14, Then among Jehaziel, then among rather Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Aphthap, came the spirit uh, on him, rather, it just came on him, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And there are two things we want to uh, understand about this verse. Uh, we go back uh, six generations, basically, here. Uh, and it was important for um, it, for the ancient Israelites to uh, establish uh, their genealogy, to place them in uh, a, a certain tribe and a, as a descendant of someone that was known uh, to the nation. And he actually traces his ancestry back to Asaph, uh, who was uh, uh, of King David's era. Okay, and he was a Levite, and we know uh, the Levites were those that uh, were charged with the care of the temple uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and the temple grounds and, and all things concerning uh, worship. Uh, now, the other, the other thing I want to say is we see a familiar uh, expression here, the Lord, the Spirit came on him. The Spirit of the Lord came on him in the midst of the congregation. Now we see that uh, many times throughout the Old Testament and New Testament as well. Uh, in the Old Testament, however, the Spirit of the Lord came on a particular person or people in some instances uh, to perform uh, a certain act or to speak uh, a certain message from the Lord. Uh, and it was usually of some limited duration. Uh, and that, that's different from how um, the Spirit of the Lord relates to Christians today. We are perpetually indwelt by the Holy Spirit, so we have his perpetual guidance uh, uh, with us. We see uh, throughout uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, uh, Chronicles, uh, uh, we see throughout the kings how the Spirit of the Lord comes on, and judges, going back to judges even, how the Spirit of the Lord comes on certain chosen people that God intends to act in and through. But again, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is different. Look at 1 Corinthians, we don't have time to go there right now, but look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Thereby we have his guidance. We have whatever God intends uh, for us to have uh, in terms of 
wisdom and knowledge and guidance through that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Okay, now this is, uh, uh, he is addressing, he is getting the attention of the, the crowd that is there in the court of the temple. Those who have come to seek guidance from the Lord, to, to, to pray to the Lord for his help. Uh, he is responding to this prayer that's been offered by King Jehoshaphat. And he's saying, listen, all Judah and all inhabitants of Jerusalem, he said, and finally, you king, okay? Uh, and, and he says, thus saith the Lord. Now, uh, that is a, uh, a phrase that is used uh, more than 400 times in the Old Testament. And what follows are the words of the Lord spoken through the prophet or whoever he's speaking through. Uh, he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through Cyrus, but when it's proclaimed by a prophet, thus saith the Lord, uh, he is not speaking for himself. He is speaking for the Lord, and he is addressing uh, an individual or a group of people or multitude, as in this case, with the words of the Lord. Now, he is telling them not to do something, and then he's telling them what's going to be done. He said, Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. And we have some great multitudes in our lives. We have some uh, great obstacles. Uh, we might have some very serious health conditions, uh, maybe financial issues, relational issues. We have great multitudes uh, or f mountains, if you will, in some cases in our lives or threats. Let me say threats and fears in our lives that God does not want us to be uh, dismayed or afraid of. Uh, and then he goes on to say, why? For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, you know, when, when whenever there's a, a crisis situation, um, uh, when there is impending uh, something uh, uh, fearful uh, or something that we may be afraid of that's impending, then th there's, there's always a tendency to feel uh, panic and, 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 and a need to do something, to do something about the situation. But here God is telling them not to be dismayed, not to be afraid. He's telling them the battle is not yours but his. And he's going to go further in telling them not to do anything, but stand. Okay, and that's, we, we want to take away from this that that's what we should do in confronting fear. How are we to react to fear? This is what we want to get out of this lesson, an understanding of how we as Christians today should react to fear and threats in our lives. Let's move on to verse 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them, Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zis, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jural. So they're now even closer than they were at 
and uh, Getty. They're about 20 miles away now. We saw they were in Getty at verse, chapter 20, verse 2. Uh, and so they are closer uh, than uh, than they were. They're, they're uh, within per perhaps less than, a, less than a three days journey. And the Lord is telling them, the soldiers, to go and meet them, to stand rather, to go down there uh, where they are. Now, there's going to be a twist here. Uh, they're not going down to battle, but they are going there to witness the salvation of the Lord. Verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. It seems a bit redundant, but the Lord is trying to convince them that he is with them, and certainly their enemies are no match for him. And we see how the Lord has fought for his people, Israel, uh, Going back to uh, Egypt, uh, when they were uh, uh, leaving Egypt and they were, as the Pharaoh thought, trapped against the Red Sea, how the Lord uh, opened the sea and allowed them to pass through on dry land uh, while Pharaoh's army pursuing were drowned. And what Moses said just before the sea opened was stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We see that in uh, Exodus uh, chapter 14 uh, and uh, also uh, Deuteronomy. We know how the Lord uh, fought for his people when they were driving out uh, the various people in Canaan as they came into the land, how he drove them out, how he fought for them. Uh, take a look at Exodus, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy uh, 3, 1 uh, uh, to 11, and, and many other places where the Lord has fought for his people. Joshua 8, Judges 4, um, 7, and 2 Kings 19. Now we know sometimes uh, the Lord delivered through human intermediaries. In other words, sometimes he had his people fight. He had the Israelites actually enter into combat and fight. And other times, uh, he did not. Well, he, did, he did something else. He, uh, and then this is one of those cases where uh, they will not need to fight. Okay, And the Lord is going to fight the battle for them. We know that uh, you remember when the uh, Syrians were uh, uh, they had uh, Jerusalem besieged and uh, the Lord sent one angel to destroy 185,000 soldiers so the Lord could deliver without the aid of the Israelites or any human intermediaries and that's what he's going to do in this case uh, he is he's saying again O Judah, O Jerusalem fear not be not dismayed tomorrow go out against them for the Lord will be with you now again we don't want to underestimate that when the Lord 
tells us to do something, when he tells us not to fear, uh, we need to we need to know that uh, it doesn't matter whether there seems to be some logical basis for our fear or not. We need to recognize that the reason we are not to fear is because the all-powerful God who loves us, who loved us enough to give his son for us, has, to, has told us he would be with us in every circumstance. I will never leave you or forsake you, his word says. So that brings us to the end of the first division of the uh, quarterly commentary. And there's a question here. This is, what do you think? What prompted Jehoshaphat to turn directly to God instead of trusting his powerful military force? And what applicable lesson does his action teach us regarding dealing with fear? As I said earlier, uh, there is an impulse uh, to do something when we're facing fear or a threat. And as I said, Jehoshaphat had an army. He could have engaged this threat uh, in using whatever power he thought he had but instead he realized he was powerless he could do nothing they didn't know what to do and he he went before the Lord beseeching him for help and asking and then just awaiting his response and the Lord certainly uh, responded uh, in a great way and I think that's the lesson we should take from this we should not proceed in trying to address fears or respond to fears without the guidance of the Lord, without asking for the Lord's help, waiting on his help, and then depending on him and recognizing that he is with us in the midst of whatever fear or threat uh, we are facing. So our second division is entitled, Have Faith in God. Have Faith in God. And uh, from the standard commentary, the second uh, division, the first division again was um, entitled Facing a Crisis, and the second division, Faithing a Crisis. So the second, but the second division of the quarterly is Have Faith in God, and that's covered between Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 18 through 20. And it reads, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of Kohathites, the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And uh, that last, it's part B of that uh, verse verse 20 says in the end from the NIV says have faith in the Lord your God and ye will be upheld have faith in his prophets and ye will be you will be successful so we have the people of Judah and Jerusalem have heard from Jehaziel the prophet speaking the words of the Lord 
and how do they respond? Verse 18 says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So they respond in worship, you know, in response to the Lord hearing the king's prayer. Worship was the only proper response. It is the only proper response to God uh, answering our prayers. We certainly are to praise him even before uh, we realize, uh, even before what he promises to do is actualized. We're to give God praise. As I said earlier, I quoted Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We're to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. That is to make our specific request known unto God. With thanksgiving, we're to make our request known unto him. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So they are prostrating themselves before the Lord. They are honoring him. They are worshiping him for what he has declared through his prophet. Verse 19. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice. Now the Kohathites um, uh, took their name from uh, Kohath. Uh, he was the second of three sons of Levi. We see that in Genesis 46, uh, 11, verse 11. Uh, and from the Kohathites came the priestly family of Aaron. We see that in 1 Chronicles 6, 1-3. The Levites were responsible for keeping the charge of the sanctuary. And we see that in Numbers chapter 3, verse 28. Hope you're taking some notes if you don't have a standard commentary. Now the Korhites uh, refer to the sons of Korah. Uh, excuse me, the Korhites refer to the sons of Korah. Uh, he was another Levite, uh, and he was of the, the same clan, the Kohath. Uh, his father, uh, whose father was uh, Iskar, the brother of Amran, who was Moses and Aaron's father. And we see that in Exodus chapter 6, verses 18 and 20. Why is that important? Well, it's, it's really funny. Korah if you remember, was one that led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. He actually sounds like he was a cousin of theirs. And uh, the Lord uh, caused the earth to open up and swallow him and his followers, or at least some of his followers. We see that in Numbers chapter 16, verses 25 to 35. Uh, but some of his descendants, some of the descendants of, of Korah, uh, were, remained faithful to the Lord. And of course, became uh, servants, uh, uh, actually uh, workers in the temple. They were actually uh, responsible for keeping the gate, uh, the temple gates. And we see that in Chronicle, First Chronicles, chapter six, verse twenty-two, and also uh, chapter nine, seventeen to nineteen. Just interesting tidbits there. But the, so while the Korah rebelled against the law about Moses uh, God's servants Moses and Aaron uh, here uh, 
his descendants or some of his descendants are praising the Lord along with the Kohathites they're praising the Lord and loudly they're proclaiming uh, God's goodness and his faithfulness uh, uh, as a result of what has been prophesied okay as a result of what has been prophesied uh, and uh, and then finally in verse 20 we read and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa and as they went forth Jehoshaphat stood and said hear me O Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem believe in the Lord your God so shall ye be established believe his prophets so shall ye prof prosper or be successful uh, the NIV says now when when we read about a person or a group rising early in the morning it it is because they are anticipating uh, something that the Lord is going to do uh, and they actually um, uh, get to this they move to this location it's about an 18 mile walk uh, to the wilderness of Tekoa uh, and they uh, uh, they want to get there before nightfall so they get there and along the way maybe when they get to the location now uh, we, it's believed that Jehoshaphat is addressing his army now. He's addressing, I don't think all the people, wives and children are accompanying them, but just the army. And he encourages them by saying, O Jerusalem and inhabitants of, uh, of Judah rather, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord. In other words, believe what the Lord has said. And he said, so shall you be established again the NIV says um, it says have faith in the Lord and you will be upheld now they don't know exactly what the Lord's going to do at this point they just know that the Lord is going is in control the Lord is going to handle the situation and he says believe his prophets so shall ye prosper in other words believe his word and you will prosper you will be successful and that is the same advice the best advice anyone could give us today believe in the Lord what he has promised I believe his word and we have his word his, his promises are in his word and I heard a, um, a minister say um, earlier this week on the radio that there are approximately eight thousand promises uh, in the Bible. Now, they're not all to Christians, but there are 8,000 promises. And anything that all the promises of God we know are yea and amen, anything that God has promised, God is going to deliver on, right? And that's really where our lesson uh, text ends. However, uh, we know that uh, if, we, if you read uh, through uh, the end of the chapter, uh, how things turn out. We're just going to read a little further here, uh, picking up at verse 21. Uh, hold on a minute. And it reads, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. This is Jehoshaphat now. Singers unto the Lord, uh, and that should praise, praise the beauty of holiness 
as they went out before the army and to say praise the Lord for his mercy endured forever and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir which were come up against Judah and they were smitten for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of uh, Mount Seir in other words they started to fight each other utterly to slay and destroy them and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir these are the Ammonites everyone helped to destroy another and when Judah came toward to watch the tower the, the watchtower rather in the wilderness they looked unto the multitude and behold they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them they found among them an abundance of both riches and the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off them and so forth so the Lord delivered mightily they did not have to fight all they had to do was stand and see the salvation of the Lord which the Lord again commanded his people to do throughout the Old Testament he commands us to do that today if we look at Ephesians chapter 6 we're to put on the army of God having done all we're to stand in the armor of God well I hope we've learned a little perhaps a little more than uh, about this particular passage than we we knew before I think the key takeaway is uh, we want to know how to respond to fears we want to know how to respond any anything that's fearful anything that is a threat in our lives any type threat we're to first bring it before the Lord and we're to trust that the Lord will be with us through it and will get us through whatever the threatening crisis or circumstance is so Lord we thank you and we praise you for the words of encouragement in this lesson text we pray Lord we would take them to heart Lord that we would genuinely lay all of our concerns all of our fears all of the threats whatever form they come in before you Lord and to trust that you will deliver us from them you will uh, the battle is not ours but it's yours Lord we thank you that uh, for saying that uh, he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him freely give us all things and Lord, we know that's not everything that we desire, but it's everything that your children need, Lord. We know that you're faithful to provide for us in every needed way. We thank you and praise you again in Jesus' name. Amen. So blessings to you all until such time as we meet again.